welcome, 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 everybody. Well, uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. This is episode 142 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, we are just weeks away from the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Um, uh, Alex, the playing tournament starts, I believe, on the 11th through the 11th through the 14th. How are you feeling about about basketball? How are you feeling about your Lakers? Are the Lakers gonna are, are they gonna make the playing tournament? I think they're going to make the play-in tournament. Uh, I'm not feeling great after the last game they played. Luckily, my uh, internet went out literally three seconds into the game. So I saw one bucket and then the internet went out. And that's fine because I, based on the final score, I didn't want to watch it anyway. Um, but yeah, the play-in tournament is coming up. Uh, there's, there's still a lot to be figured out. I think there are six teams between the East and the West that have officially like locked in a playoff spot. So between a week and a half and now there's a lot lot to be going on so it'll be it'll be an exciting week and a half for sure yes it will I, well i mean two weeks that's that's literally two weeks from today is when the yeah. i guess the regular season will um will end a little earlier so they give them a couple of days rest um on the other side tyler the nhl playoffs start on monday april 17th so uh, a week a little a little less than a week after the playing tournament starts highly highly likely that your kings your and alex's kings are going to play my edmonton oilers uh, which of which i have to say i'm extremely scared uh how are you feeling about the nhl playoffs yeah man i love the nhl playoffs obviously it's fun when your teams are in it what kind of fun that we get a rematch of last year's uh first round playoff matchup that went to seven games you guys bested us last year so we're looking for revenge uh, here this year. Um, yeah, the Kings, obviously they're playing really good. We got like a 12 game point streak right now. Uh, you know, everything's looking pretty good. We seem to have kind of at least smoothed over the goaltender situation. I definitely wouldn't be, I'm not super confident that that's going to be our strength heading in, in, in the playoffs, but it seems to be better. But like the team as a whole, like we're getting scoring from all different directions. Um, when our defense seems to be playing a lot better, uh, the goal difference, goal differentials, all, all-star break is like, a complete 180 than it was uh, before. So yeah, Kings are playing hot at the right time. Um, and it should be another great series between the Oilers and Kings. Uh, yeah. I'm it's it. I, I think it's gonna be a seven game series too. I mean, I think it's, I think Oilers yeah. are, although the, the Oilers are also playing well. So um, definitely looking forward to that matchup. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I think both teams are better than they were last year. So um, I think it should be, I think it should be very, very fun. And I, it seems like more than likely you guys will have home ice advantage this time. So that, that'll make things interesting. James, both NBA and NHL playoffs are starting. I know that you are, you know, you, at least you used to be a huge NBA guy. I know that you still are, you know, pretty fairly, you follow pretty good. Um, Just not as well, not as much as probably used to. Um, which of the two sports do you think you're going to follow more in that first round? In the first round? Whew. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm going to have to go with NBA, man, because um, I bet on NBA way more. Oh, yeah. Shots on goal for betting in NHL is just so hit and miss. Like, it's 50%, man. You never know. But with NBA betting, I can I can do fairly well on it. So. I'm excited to bet more on NBA, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch more NBA games. That's for sure. I I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, to to me, the way that the NHL is set up, I think it's one of the best first rounds in all of sports. Um, just because great teams play each other, it's not a one through eight. Um, as much as we like it to be, it does give for great matchups. Um, but James, you got to win some money this playoff season. 
Um, I hope everyone is is doing great. We're going to jump right into it uh, right now. We're going to be talking about baseball with Tyler. We are, what, three days, two days away from, from opening day. Thursday, I think the entire league play uh, starts, Tyler. So why don't you take it away with whatever you have for us as we enter the opening day of the MLB? Yes, the best day of the year. MLB opening day kicks off on Thursday. Um, yeah, full slate of MLB action. All three teams are playing um, on Thursday, March 30th uh, to get the season started. Uh, but right before we kind of get into what the 2023 season is going to hold, but we got to talk about the conclusion of the World Baseball Classic uh, last week, we had an epic, epic final between Japan and the, and the United States. Japan ended up winning that game 3-2 to win their third WBC title. And then we got the moment of the year, I feel like, in, in, in the sports world already with uh, Shohei Otani pitching the ninth inning. And it came down with two outs against his teammate, Mike Trout, the two best players in the world going at it with the game on the line. It went all the way to a 3-2 count. Shohei Otani ended up striking Mike Trout on the nastiest slider of all time. Um, it was quite, quite the moment. Um, it's one of those moments I feel like I'm going to remember where I was, who I was talking to um, in that moment. And it's, you know, you can believe in whatever you want to believe. It's moments like that where I feel like the baseball gods are a real thing because they gave us that treat that we've been wanting for. And the fact that people were talking about it all the all for, for, for months, basically, once Trout and Otani both c- committed to their countries to play in this tournament – Everyone wanted to see that matchup. And the fact that we got it in that moment with the game on the line, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better for a better moment than that. So um, congrats to Team Japan for their victory. USA put up a good fight. I mean, Japan's pitching ultimately, which is better than ours. And I think that's kind of what it came down to. Um, but I'm going to ask the boys what their favorite moment from the WBC, other than that Trout-Otani um, moment, obviously comment on that um, on um, if you'd like. But what was your favorite moment from the WBC Alex, let's start with you. Yeah, mine's not really a favorite moment um, per se. Just, I think, seeing teams that you wouldn't expect to see perform well perform. So, like, Great Britain, first time we've ever seen them in the tournament. They get a win. Um, you know, they ended up in fourth or fifth or whatever it was, or what whatever position it was. They're an automatic bid into the next WBC. I think that was really cool. Even seeing like Team Czech Republic, you know, they're a bunch, none of them are like professional players. They're all like accountants and plumbers and whatever else in, in the real world, um, you know, and seeing them play or like even Team Italy moving on, like out of the group stage was super cool. So I just think like this was, you know, the biggest success of a WBC, in my opinion, that they've had. Um, and, you know, obviously like it came down to the two big heavyweights in the U S and Japan, but seeing the other teams succeed, I thought that was just an awesome moment for baseball and for the world. hundred percent. Definitely a lot more parody this WBC than we've seen in the past. I mean, uh, Mexico advanced all the way to the, uh, semifinals, which was huge for them. They were one inning away from making it to the final, um, you know, and the Dominican Republic didn't even advance past the group stage, you know, so we got just a lot of good parity um, with with countries all around the world. So I love that, Alex. I think that's that was definitely a big takeaway. Trayden, what about you? Um, I like I like that Alex kind of encompassed all of the teams there, but I do have a moment Um, and it was definitely that Venezuela game <laughs> that 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 uh, eighth inning. The U- United States was down, I believe it was seven to four, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if I'm, if I'm doing my, and seven to five, excuse me, seven to five. And, um, in the eighth inning an O2 count, I can trade Turner steps up and just hits 
with the bases loaded, just hits a beautiful grand slam. I thought we were actually going to lose that game. I really did. I it just nothing was going right, and all of a sudden Trey Turner comes out and says, "You know, guys, hop on my back. We're gonna, I'm gonna ride you, ride you to victory." And holy shit, what a moment that was! Uh, that I mean, that that's what probably got me like really hooked into the entire tournament, even though it was already by the quarterfinals by then. I mean, I was watching it, but I was fully invested after that moment. Hundred percent. Those are those moments that we wait for for in, in, in those tournaments. Um, those just heroic moments. And you're right. I mean, that game was not looking great, um, but Trey Turner saved the day, and he he had one hell of a tournament. Um, uh, but one guy had probably just a slightly better one. Shoyotani, obviously, he's the reason that he that he won the MVP for that tournament. But James, what about you? Obviously, your boy Shoei had a great tournament. But what was your favorite moment from the, the from the WBC? I'm more on uh, Alex's side here. I didn't really pick a specific moment per se. But the intensity of the fans is something that I'm going to remember for a very, very long time, especially that of Japan. Like, whoa, they were insane. They were in sync. They were into it. They were like all about everything that was happening in the game. And as an Angels fan, you don't get to see that very often because, you know, they don't play for much. But um, it was just amazing to see. And like the closest thing I can compare it to is when the uh, Padres and Dodgers played and the Padres beat the Dodgers to move into the playoffs or move further into the playoffs. And that kind of electricity in the stadium is what I saw at every single Japanese game. And I thought that was amazing, man. Like, and for those of people who say that the World Baseball Classic games are just meaningless, you're wrong. Look at those fans. Look at how invested they are into their team, into their country. It's amazing. 100%. You know, I think it really showcases how much of a world sport baseball is. And I think more and more so is becoming more, of a well-rounded world sport um, every year it gets more competitive. You know, it's just not, it's not the same three countries usually in it. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it's great. And, the, and, and fans all over the world love it. Um, so unfortunately we're gonna have to wait another three years till we get the next most Mets fans. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll have to wait another three years for, for, for the next WBC, but hopefully you guys got a lot out of this one. If you didn't catch up, you got three years uh, and make sure you're, you're, you're in on the uh, next edition of it. Um, let's move on now to MLB opening day. As I mentioned, um, we got, a, we got a full slate of action, a full season ahead of us. The 162 game grind starts on Thursday. Um, so we're going to get obviously more into all those dams and all this stuff as, as, as the season goes on, but opening day is a time to just be optimistic and to be happy about what's going to, what's about to happen. Obviously once, once, once you hit the ground running, it gets crazy, but what or who are you guys most looking, most excited to watch? For the 2023 baseball season, obviously we got a lot of different rule changes, a lot of diff- a lot of players changing teams, um, a lot of possible rematches with uh, p- potential uh, postseason uh, matchups, a lot to look forward to. But what's the one that sticks out to you? And if you have a couple, that's fine too. What or who are you most excited for to watch in 2023, Alex? What do you got? Yeah, there's definitely a couple things. Um, Shohei, obviously, will he stay with the Angels? Can they make a playoff push? I think that's pretty much a given. Um, Dodgers Padres for sure, you know, two heavyweights at the top of the NL West. The uh and I but I think the one that is potentially the most intriguing is what's gonna happen with those three teams in the NL East. I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over again. And now, you know, the Mets are dealing with um Edwin Diaz's injury. The Phillies have um, you know, Harper on the on the IL Hoskins just tore his knee to shred. So he's pretty much out for the season. So like they're already all dealing with things. Um, and just between the Braves and the Phillies and the the Mets to see kind of who can who can come out of that. Obviously, the Braves and the Mets were fighting 
all the way down to the end of the season. Um, and then it didn't matter because the Phillies ended up making the World Series. Um, and then obviously Captain America, Trey Turner signs with the Phillies. And can he kind of offset what's going on there? And can the Phillies be be that be that team? Um, so yeah, I think just that those that three-headed monster in the NL East is just going to be <laughs> insane to watch all season. Absolutely. I think that's definitely one of the best divisions, if not the best division. Uh, in all of baseball and there's just a, there's a lot of a lot of really good matchups a lot of good divisions um but we're gonna look forward to that this all all season long trading angels fan um obviously it's it's a season we'll see what happens the, the the angels definitely got a chance to potentially make the playoffs but you know hopefully you're as optimistic as ever heading into it but other than you know angels maybe who else are you most looking forward to in 2023 <laughs> it's as uh optimistic as ever oh yeah yeah i'm 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 like so excited for this uh, the game yet. that doesn't matter it's just the <laughs> angels too it's like the mets they're gonna mets it up somehow yeah, yeah. or they're gonna angels it up or whatever we, we want to throw in uh whatever there um i am excited to see the um nl west no longer be leaded uh, led by the dodgers um and i also wonder if and i do wonder if the if there's a little bit of pressure taken off the Dodgers now that they're now that the roster is not what they used to be, maybe that just kind of like, oh, we we're not going to, you know, maybe we, they just the Dodgers and their fans just expect, oh, we're not going to be as good. And that's that's enough where they just like maybe that's just enough to ease them off and they actually will perform well in the playoffs. Doubt it. But we we'll never know. Um, I'm I also am I am quite interested to see how the rule changes are going to impact the game uh, as as a fan who is relatively new to the game. Um, I, I do wonder how, you know, it's, it, it, we already know that, you know, statistically it has shortened the game, at least the pitch timer has uh, that that'll be interesting to see how they can react, how, how they, you know, kind of react to that and how, how I believe the refs are going to, or the umps are going to be very strict at first. And then things are just going to kind of loosen up, especially as games get more intense. Uh, the shift restrictions are interesting. I, you know, I, I think that that, that, you know, it is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting thing that we'll see. And then the bigger bases, I always wonder if we're going to see more stolen bases, which would be always fun. So I think it's, I think it's just interesting to see how whenever large rule changes are implemented, it's just always interesting to see how it changes the game at the, at the highest level. And, and here we are. Yeah. I think that's definitely going to be one of the most intriguing things to watch is how much those rule changes actually impact a course of a full season, you know, especially with all the stats, you know, our average is really going to go up. Um, it's, I'm pretty confident that game times are definitely going to be going down. Um, I think that the stats just prove that, um, but I'm, but I'm curious to see how much the ship is going to impact average. I'm curious how much the bases are going to impact stolen bases and see how much that actually adds to the game. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see. Um, James, how about you? What's, what are you most excited for, for this MLB season? I'm actually most excited to watch every single player who played in the world baseball classic, especially from team USA, because typically after you play in like an Olympic event or like like a world or a world baseball classic or like the world cup, you get a little boost because you're around some of the best players in the sport. So what tips did they get from some the other superstars? What do they learn from those other superstars? How can they implement what they've learned and how much better can they be this upcoming season? Because they played with the best. That's what I really want to see. And then also I kind of want to track the Mets and the Reds, the team with the highest payroll versus the team with the lowest payroll and see how big of a spread their wins are and wins and losses are. How much does money actually make an impact on the game based off your team, based off how much you pay? And can the Mets get 100 plus wins? Can the Reds get more than 50 wins? Like, that'd be cool to see. 
Yeah, the uh, spectrum of that is definitely interesting. I don't know if you guys saw that stat that Ken Griffey Jr., who's been retired for, gosh, 15, 10, 15 years, if not more, is the third highest, uh, has the third highest payroll on the Cincinnati Reds this season. That's pretty wild. That, I mean, that's, I love stats like that. That's, a, that's just insane. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm definitely trading. I kind of more towards you, like how much are this rule changes really going to impact a course of, 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 of a full season? And then of course, you know, for me as, as a Dodger fan, just seeing all the new Dodger guys, like, you know, guys like James Outman and, and Miguel Vargas, kind of these new young uh, up and coming guys. I'm really curious to see how much they're going to impact uh, this Dodger squad. And, you know, like I said, like, there's a lot of pressure taken off them as the juggernaut, but I think that they're still going to be up there and hopefully we finally get that regular season battle between the Dodgers and the Padres. They've both been kind of, you know, kind of up and down the last couple of years and Dodgers have just been on top the entire time, but I think the Padres certainly have a lot of momentum in their favor. So I think we're finally going to get that dog fight for the National League West, which should be super, super fun to watch. Um, real quick, as we wrap this segment up, we're going to start right now. We're, we're going to call our shot right right before opening day, World Series prediction. So who represents the American League? Who, who represents the National League in the 2023 Fall Classic? We're going to call it right now. Alex, who do you got? Are we also supposed to pick a winner? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll make that up. All right, I'm going off the rails. I refuse to pick the Astros to make the World Series again. So I'm going to go Toronto Blue Jays, St. Louis Cardinals uh, are coming out of the NL, uh, mostly because I really think the color scheme in that World Series would be great. Um, <laughs> I picked the Dodgers for the last like four years. Um, so if I don't pick them, maybe it'll, it'll change something up. Um, and you know what? Oh, Canada, Toronto Blue Jays, you're the 2020. Wow. Major League Baseball World Champions. All right, we like that. Uh, Trade. How about you? Yeah, I actually like that. I think I think they're actually gonna be a better team this year. Um, Battle of New York. Battle of fucking New York. Everything. Every something that this entire country and base and baseball fandom want to see. Unless you're a fan of every, any other team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> objectively, it will be electric. Um, and I'm gonna say the Yankees. I'm gonna say the Yankees. Yeah. All right, so Battle of New York, which I think the 2000 World Series, I think, was the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, so that would be really cool to see again. Uh, obviously, way different players and way different baseball game than it was back back 23 years ago. So that would be really cool and definitely a good chance that that could happen. Uh, James, what about you? Blue Jays and Padres. Because mm. <laughs> they kind of rhyme. And then <laughs> oh, God. I, got, I got the Padres winning out. Um because it'd be cool for the city of San Diego to get something like that after years of having the Chargers back there, you know, terrible. Um, and then also, like, we talked about this before, but the Padres slayed their dragon, as you guys like to say, over and over again. And I think it's going to push them and pull them forward this year. All right. Uh, objectively speaking, that would be an electric World Series. I think those are two fan bases and two teams with a lot of players that that would make super, super fun World Series. Um, like I said, as I mentioned before, opening day, you're the most optimistic. As a Dodgers fan, I'm optimistic. And I'm going to pick my Dodgers to make the World Series again. And I want so badly, and I'm going to say it again, an Astros-Dodgers World Series. I just, I want it. I need it. It's got to happen. It's it's going to happen in 2023. And, and Dodgers are going to get the revenge uh, from, from, from 2017. It's going to happen. I, I just got to believe it. Um, so that's what I'm going to pick for the World Series. But hopefully you guys are ready for opening day best day of the year uh it gets started on march 30th hopefully you guys um are ha are, are are excited for it just as much as we are but that's what i got for baseball this week and we'll talk all about the recaps 
uh, when we come back next week. All right. Thank you very much, Tyler. Everyone stay tuned on Thursday for opening day. Your team will be playing. That is guaranteed. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Alex is going to take us through some MLB talk. I'm sorry, MLB, Jesus. NBA talk, because we just talked about the MLB. Uh, NBA talk about, you know, like I said, two weeks away from uh, from the playing tournament. Uh, and when we come back. Thank you and welcome back. Um, the Freudian slip was real um, and that was quite a struggle. <laughs> but Alex, save me, please. Talk about the NBA before I almost said MLB once again. <laughs> it would have been really funny if you had said MLB again. Oh, I was this close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you, Trayden. Um, yeah, like we mentioned, uh, two weeks week uh, before the play and tournament starts, about a week and a half. Uh, you know, the season ends a week from this Sunday. So most of these teams have maybe eight or seven games left. So it's, it is really coming down to it. Um, we'll probably start doing play in tournament chats next week, even though we may or may not really know where they're at. Um, well, we will just have to see um, kind of time-wise on that. Um, but first things first, the NBA hall of fame uh, electees were just announced like, an hour before we started recording. Um, and if you guys all remember, we talked about this a while ago. Um, so congrats to D Wade, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, my guy, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, and Becky Hammond on being elected um, to the NBA Hall of Fame or the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not really NBA. Um, it's more Basketball Hall of Fame. So that's super cool. Um, you know, they'll be whenever the, the uh, you know, election weekend is or whatever it's called will be later on who cares congratulations to them though um moving on uh this is kind of a weird week um uh, just because you know some teams are already out of it uh tyler's houston rockets are gone for sure Damn it. Uh, one of the weirder ref situations happened in a game earlier this week i feel like this year is going to come down as like the year of the review slash ref because it's been a nightmare um, so it was a Mavs Warriors game. Um, you know, generally, just a quick recap of what kind of happened, I think, and then we'll kind of get the boys' opinions on it all. Uh, shot went up, rebound went up, whatever. Um, the ball goes out of bounds. Originally, they called it Warriors ball. Then they, before a timeout happened, they switched it and called it the Mavs ball. Then a timeout slash review happened. The refs then just gave the balls to the Warriors without telling the Mavericks that it was not their ball anymore. So all the Mavericks players were on one side of the court and Jordan Poole just passed it to his teammate who had an open layup because there was legitimately no one on the right side of the court to defend what was going on. Uh, Mark Cuban tweeted some fucking Mark Cuban thing and pretty much complained about it. Um, they're officially uh, played the game under protest after it ended. The Warriors did win and it was actually a very close game. So the play did really matter. Uh, James, we'll start with you. One, what happened Two, like, what should have happened? What could they have done? Just your thoughts on this, uh, this mess up. See, like I am of the camp that I thought this was pretty cut and dry, right? The ref, the ball goes out of bounds. The ref points. Oh, Warriors basketball. Okay. Mavs call a timeout. All right, Mavs basketball. Mavs timeout. You go left and you go right. 
it happened in quick succession, like it was still Warriors basketball. And I mean, if you're a Mavs guy and you see the everybody setting up on one side of the court and nobody's next to you and the ball's on that side of the court, everybody on the course played 20 plus years of basketball, you should know something's up. Maybe be like, oh, wait a minute, this is weird. But you just left it there and you were like, oh no, something bad happened to us. Let's play the victim. Yada yada. No, bro. You should know better. You played basketball for forever. Why are you tripping about this? It went Warriors ball, Mavs timeout. You guys need to be on YouTube to see my hand signals, but that's what that's how it went. And I'm sorry that the Mavs players didn't see it. And Mark Cuban is just trying to stand up for his team right now and protesting the game. But at the end of the day, you're gonna look at the film and be like, the ref really clearly pointed Warriors ball. Mavs timeout. That's the end of the, that's the end of the story. Like, cool, you played in a protest, Mark Cuban, big buff guy. Like, oh, I stand up for my team. Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, like, the call's gonna come back and it'll be like Warriors won the game and it should have been Warriors ball, and your team should have figured something out if everything was set up the wrong direction. That's just that's my thought. There did definitely seem to be some confusion. So if you watch, if you watch the video, uh, Jordan Poole like asks as the ref is handing him the ball to like check the ball back in and you know continue after the timeout. He was like, "It's our ball, right?" So it, it, there did seem to be a little bit of confusion going on. But yeah, James, you're right. I mean, they should have should have been just paying better attention. Um, like you should know better. Uh, Trade in your thoughts on just this whole this whole situation. You know, should the refs have made it more clear or the Mavs are Mavs just being dumb and lazy? Yeah. What what is going yeah. on? Yeah. So I also believe that Kevon Looney was a little confused. He asked the question, Oh, it's our ball, right? And the ref's like, Yes. Why didn't anybody on the Mavs side ask that question? Don't know. Also, if it was out of bounds, and correct me, I'm not a basketball guy. Where the fuck are they gonna put put throw the ball back in? You need a guy down there to throw the ball in. It went out down there. What the fuck are you doing? All five of them are down there. Where are they getting the ball? Like, I don't even know what, I don't even know how to play basketball. And I know that you got to fucking put the ball in where it went out of bounds. Am I wrong? No. You're <laughs> Why wasn't anyone there? There was nobody there. Oh, so that was mind boggling. But anyway, I do think that the refs, like seeing this whole thing, maybe could have been like, uh, you guys aren't really set to play, but whatever. I mean, I, to me, maybe it was a little bit of the refs, like, looking, like, I know, it, look, I I'm, I believe Luca's a bit of a whiner, so that doesn't, like, like, just a bit. maybe this was just an opportunity for the refs to be like, well, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I think they could have done a better job. Do I think this happens to, to the Lakers? No, because I think LeBron and the rest of the rest of them probably pay attention enough where it's probably not a fucking problem. So um, for Mark Cuban to go on and say, this is the worst call ever in NBA history. Like, first of all, the guy's the biggest fucking clown. I fucking hate Mark Cuban. I really, really fucking do. Um, I, I, I think he, I think he's such a, he just annoys the piss out of me uh, for a rich guy. I mean, this is, I mean, he just, he's just so annoying. And, and, and as of late, I've, I've uncovered things I just don't like about him. Uh, so that doesn't, that adds to the whole thing. So compound this. I don't, I mean, Luca is a whiner. It's just, a, it's just a, it's just a situation where it's like, and I'm like, I'm trying to be objective and I'm a Warriors fan. It, this could have been the Lakers. And I still would have said that the fucking Mavericks are stupid. So, uh, so it really, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. But uh, I do want to say one thing regarding the Hall of Fame thing. Uh, congrats to Greg Popovich. For those that don't know, probably you guys do. 
Um, Kylie's Pomona Pitzer Seychens. That's where he started his coaching career in college. So that is very, that is very, very special um, to hear. Uh, and go Seychens. Uh, I did not know that about Greg Popovich. So that is uh, fun information. Um, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it pretty inevitable that he was going to get elected obviously, but that is really cool. Um, Luca is a whiner. He did just get his 16th technical. Uh, so he, he misses either has already missed or will miss a game. He goes um, rescinded, by the way. Oh, there you go. So maybe that was changed. He'll get, he'll get another one. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I am curious if this, if it wasn't the Warriors also who have kind of turned into like the other Lakers, you know, with obviously all of their success recently, if this, if this was like a magic Hornets game, like would this have blown up as much as it did? No. Probably not. Uh, it doesn't help that the Mavs have been playing like absolute dog shit. Um, shout out to James who called that when they, uh, when Kyrie got traded there, but um ty your thoughts on just this whole situation yeah i'm actually gonna call out the refs a little bit on this particular play i thought it was a little bit of bullshit on their part to be honest with you guys um this wasn't obviously there was a lot of confusion and the time was stopped and there was change of possession change of direction you know as the game's going on there's a lot going on there's confusion there on, on both sides when there's stuff like that that goes on it's the referee's job to make sure everyone is on the same page before you resume play that yeah, James, that is their job. That is literally what they're supposed to do. So in the NFL, if people aren't lined up correctly, that's and different. The play is going. That's, that's completely different. That's okay, different because so that, if, so that, that's a normal. Can I finish? Can I finish? Okay. <laughs> so that, that's a normal progression, right? Of like a, a play happens, you know, and you march down the field. The referee puts the ball back. If the defense is being sped up and isn't ready to go by then, that's that that's on the defense. That's not a change of direction. That's not a change of of play or call that, that went wrong and time is stopped. The, the, the time is going, right? So if your team is, is, is sped up and is not ready to go, that's on your team. That's not what happened in, 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 in this case. The, the time of possession was stopped. There was confusion about who had the ball or what was going on, what side of the court that they're, that they're playing on. You know, should the Mavs have known what was going on? Probably. But at the end of the day, like in that situation, it's the referee's job to make sure everyone's on the same page. This is what's going on. Let's reset. Let's make sure everyone's on, on, on the same page. And then let's go play basketball. That's not what happened. The referees decided blatantly like, oh, the Mavs aren't ready. So we're just going to, you know, fuck them over. And we're going to start this play before they understand what's going on. That to me was just an, a jerk move on the referee's part from, from, from how I see it. Um, obviously, yeah, may, maybe the Mavs should have known. The Mavs are whiners. I agree with you guys. I think Luca whines a lot. I don't like Mark Cuban either. But in this particular situation, like the referees should have made sure the Mavs were understood what was going on and were ready to go. It seemed like there's a huge lack of communication on the on the referee's angle in that particular situation. So I'm going to call the refs a little bit. It is their job to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And when there's confusion going on on, on, on what the rule is or, or or how to proceed in this particular situation. So the refs just didn't do their job. They were just being lazy and they decided to, hey, you guys don't get it. Screw you guys. Let's let's go. I do want to ask who is going to throw the ball in. Well, that's where the confusion was. But I mean, but if the you Mavs still have thought, to have someone there. <laughs> well, if the Mavs thought it was their ball and they like weren't over there yet, then that is like a whole other. But they issue. went they went this way. I mean, it was I if I may be mistaken, I'd have to look at the video again. But if they were on like if they were still on their side, like as in where they're oh, I see. I think that's where part of the confusion came. I see. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, well, either way, there's confusion. And when the re like the if the referee's job is to like, you know, basically give the ball to the team who is supposed to inbound the ball 
And he, he has the he has the decision there to say, let's start play. He could have waited and been like, where are the Mavericks at? Like, why why is yeah. the whole team not here? He could have he could have said, call time and just said, hey, like, are you guys do you guys understand that you guys are on this on on this possession instead of just been like, oh well, and here you go because there's not really a rule. It's not there's not the the, the time is stopped right like i said it's not in the nfl like and then in the nfl if you run a play the referee puts the ball down on the on on the, on the spot of the ball from there it's on the teams to get ready and set and get ready to go that's completely different that's not what this is this is a stoppage of play and we're, we're we're resetting so everyone is on the same page so we can restart the game of play that's com- that's a completely different thing that's fair okay let me let me do a little pushback here tyler yeah you're saying it's the referee's job to make sure everybody's ready correct but then, how if do everyone's you... ready, and if there's a conf- if there's confusion about the rule, to explain, make sure er- okay. that makes your both sides. I heard understand. that. Yes, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But you're saying it's his job to make sure that everybody is ready. But then it's up to the referee's discretion to determine what ready means. Fair. Sure. Fair. Yeah. Exactly. And so, in that moment in time, how did the referee know that the Mavericks weren't just like, all right, maybe we'll just give them the back- bucket and play defense? How do you know that? How do you know that that Jason Kidd didn't drop a play and be like? Let's just give him the basket because it's right there and there's two seconds left in the third quarter. So it doesn't really matter. Any like in the two seconds left in the third quarter, it's like whatever, right? Because you don't know the outcome of the game yet. And so how do you know that the ref the Mavs were just like, all right, go, go. Like you, you can have that bucket. You don't know that at the time. At the time that this play was happening, you don't know that. And up to the referee's discretion, you could have been like, Oh, they're ready. Because maybe that maybe they just ran that play to just run that play. And by giving the referee that discretion to determine who's ready and who's not. You give him the referee way too much power because at that point in time, you can stop any dead ball play and be like, he wasn't ready yet. So we got to redo that. Oh, he wasn't ready yet. We have to do, redo that. You're giving them way too much power. You can't be doing that. They have too much power already. Did you see GT room? I'm just going to baseball now, but JT room was getting thrown yeah. out. That was, that was more tough. shit. Yeah. yeah. You're giving the refs um, power right now. And the, no, I, not no, no. And so that's my little pushback on you because you don't know what was going through Jason Kitt's head. You don't know what's going through the Dallas Mavericks head at that point in time. It's not the referee's job to make sure everybody's ready. If ready is up to his discretion. I I do what you're, hear what you're saying. I just feel like as an NBA referee, if the entire team is lined up on the wrong side of the court, I don't know. To me, that just seems like a blatant, we're just going to screw those guys over and we're going to start because you guys weren't ready. And maybe that's fair. Maybe maybe the Mavs deserved it. I'm not saying they're, I'm not going to sit here and say the Mavs didn't, didn't deserve that. I'm just saying from how it looked from a fan's perspective, it looks like the referee were just like basically just, you know, fuck the Mavericks. Like we're going to give the um, Warriors this point. I don't know. For me, it's not the ref's job to decide who gets advantage. It's their objective and they make calls and they, you know, imp- 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 they implement the rules fairly. It didn't seem like that was a fair job on the referee's part in my, in my opinion. I think you guys both are making good points. Um, I, you know, in my opinion, like if if it was a clear like Luca picked the ball up and soccer punted it into the second deck and then they were like, this is obviously the Warriors ball. And then the Mavs didn't decide to play defense. James, I see what you're saying. And, and I, I generally think like, James, you're right. Like we should not give refs and umpires too much power. But at the same time, like obviously the Mavericks response to this is they had no idea what was going on. Um I, and I think in in an instance like that where there's a lot of confusion about what's going on, there needs to be. I wish they had done what NFL refs do, like when they are checking a spot. Like, yeah, you're right. NFL refs they don't need to tell you, "Hey, Debo, you're you're uh, you know you're set up offsides or whomever it is." 
but they do need to make sure that, you know, when the center or when the, when the running back gets tackled and then tries to put the ball another yard forward with his arm, that it actually goes back to like where he was down. So I, I, I think you guys are both hitting the right. right points. I just think, I think it was a general fuck up on everyone involved, except, except for the Bar- Warriors. Except for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, two, yeah. Three points. yeah. Um, and maybe that just, I mean, obviously the Warriors are much smarter than most other NBA teams. So maybe that's just what this all comes down to. Yep. Uh, okay, we're going to move on before. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, apparently this is just going to be a West uh, Western Conference uh, NBA segment. Um, mostly because the Eastern Conference is kind of already figured out and it's boring. Uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul George of uh, the Los Angeles Clippers is hurt again. Um, he's going to be out for another like two or probably another like two ish weeks. Um, they're currently the five seed, but they're also only two and a half games above the 10 seed. Uh, James, we'll start with you. Uh, Paul George, he even came out and said the other day, like he's not the guy, which was, I thought, a very weird thing to say in a public forum as like the the other guy on the Clippers. But whatever, uh, like how big of a deal is this if he is out? you know, until the playoffs start or if he's not fully healthy when the playoffs start for the Clippers. It's a pretty big deal. Um, even though he's not the guy, he's still good for 24 points every single night. And the Clippers are pretty much built to have two scorers, and that's Kawhi and Paul George. When you lose a big one like that, where are you going to make it the points from? Nobody else has really been producing. you got Russ. We all know that Russ isn't a scorer anymore. He's a facilitator. He is good for maybe 10 points right now. And so it's it's looking a little tough because where is this offense going to come from? And this is the team that was already struggling offensively. Like last time we talked about the Clippers, I said that they were the second worst team in the West offensively behind or ahead of the Houston Rockets. That was it. Tyler's Houston Rockets were terrible. The Clippers are right there offensively. Now when you lose 24 points, Kawhi needs to now put up 30 plus a game. Nick Batum needs to have the same production that he did last game when he made eight three-pointers for them to win the game. And if that stuff doesn't happen, you're pretty shit out of luck. Like Nick Batum shot crazy, like I said last game, eight threes, and the only one by 12 points. Had there been a healthy PG, they'd win by 20-plus easy. That's how much of a difference that makes. He, Nick Batum had an amazing night, and they kind of just barely won. And that, that that's him getting lucky, let's be real. And so, dude, Kawhi, Kawhi can't do any more load management to try to make this playoff or play-in spot. I think they're going to drop a considerable amount, to be honest with you. Like it, Alex mentioned, two and a half games back, two and a half games, and then they're the 10th seed. Three games, they're out of the play-in. Like, that's how bad it's looking. That's how tight the West is. And everything, the way it's going now, they need some insta-offense, and I have no idea where it's going to come from. So do you do you think – next sunday so yeah week week and a half from now will they be a six a top six or a or a seven through ten or out of the i i doubt they'd be out of the playoffs but do you do you think they will be a play-in team or like a normal playoff team i think they're going to be a play-in team okay uh tyler we'll go right to you i kind of want you to disagree with james just because you guys got testy there and i think it'd be funny uh (laughs) injury um what it means to the clippers yeah, man, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna they're gonna scoot up five spots in the standings now. Obviously, like <laughs> oh, okay, number one overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, 
It's I think they're in a in an okay situation. They're not like I said, I think this it's it's a concern. Um it's, it's especially this late in late in the season. And as we mentioned before, that kind of bottom half of the Western Conference is, is packed super tight. Um I think that they there's a good chance that they will drop into a playing tournament um ranking. Um but I think they do. I mean, you know, the 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 the, the team around Paul George and Kawhi is is decent, it's not great. But I think that they can do enough to survive. I don't. I'm not concerned about them missing the playoffs, really. But I do think that they're probably going to drop a few um, um, spots in the standings for sure. I just think that Paul George really has had. He he really is the leader of that team. So I, I agree. I was we're probably going to say he's not that guy. Is kind of a weird comment to say, but maybe you know that's just the Clippers. That's just kind of their you know their motto. You know, it's not really led by guy. It's a, it's a it it is a team game after all. Um, so. I think that they'll be okay. I think they'll survive it. You know, hopefully they just get them right for whenever the uh, postseason comes along. Um, I think that for them is going to be the most important thing, but I think they'll be okay and to survive, but I would not be surprised if they drop into a playing spot. Okay. I like that. Trading Paul George Clippers injuries. Um, I mean, I, I think the, the guys kind of nailed it. Um, James makes a good point that Paul George is good for 24 points a night. I mean, um, I mean, that that's an average uh, that if that's your average and your next guy is Kawhi at 24 and then the, there's a huge drop off after that. James is right. Uh, this team's built, you know, for two score, two scores. They're also pretty old. Um, and, and and I think that maybe we're seeing what happens when you try to build like super teams with aging vets. Like, I think you need to find other ways to 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 construct your team. And this is why, uh, you know, Paul George is a great player, but if you don't have him, what do you got? You have Kawhi who could get injured tomorrow. I mean, not God forbid, but he could, <laughs> I mean, it's happened. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want the Clippers to do well. I, I, uh, I, I think that they are going to make the, the playoffs, I think, but I think they're going to have to go into the play-in. Um, as James said, I, I mean, you, you have, you have tough matchups against the Grizzlies two uh, Wednesday and Friday this week. Um, you do have, I mean, you do have some, you have the Pelicans and the Lakers and the Trailblazers. Those are can be winnable games. And then you finish up with the Suns. I mean, your schedule is not horrific besides those Grizzly game, Grizzlies games, but uh, you know, it's, it's not easy sledding either. So um, I, I think, I think that they just need to tread water, get, hopefully get him back as soon as possible. And, you know, ho- hopefully they can make a run, but you're going to have to figure out a way to get scoring without him, at least through the playing tournament by this, by, uh, by the timestamp. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. They're going to, they're going to need him. Um, and I'm actually going to have a follow-up question for all you guys after this next, this next point. Um, Speaking of superstars who are not as old as Paul George for sure, but Carl Anthony Towns is back for the Minnesota Timberwolves. As we all know, everyone cares about the Minnesota Timberwolves, James, everyone. Uh, He missed like 50 games. Uh, The Timberwolves are on a little bit of a hot streak. They've won four in a row, including wins over Golden State and Sacramento in SAC last night. Um, Sacramento, you were so close to clinching a playoff spot, and I was so excited to talk about it, and then you fumbled the bag. Um, okay. So Carl Anthony Towns is back trading. I'm going to throw it right back to you on the same kind of side. Like how important is this to the Timberwolves and their potential playoff push to have cat back? 
Um, oh, I'm glad that you guys call him Cat. I was wondering. I was just gonna ask if you got if he's called that. <laughs> um, uh, so that's good. I almost because I you know I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So well, I already am, but it's fine. Um, look, he 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 was he was very helpful in the in the last few games. He's been uh, he's been there. I mean, obviously, he's not gonna come out and 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 you know be 100. Nobody is. Um, you know, he he was dropping what like 20 some points a game uh before this and then now you know he had 22 back against uh Atlanta and then 14 against the Golden State Warriors um look I I, I think I think it's it's timely that he comes back and th- this Minnesota team is 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 in a decent spot I think they're in what sixth place so mm-hmm. um br- bringing him back at the right time is is kind of is kind of perfect timing um they're on a four game winning streak two games since he's been back uh and you know they're not in position, you know, if, if they continue to win, they're not, they're, they control their destiny in terms of them not having to play in that play. And the less games you play, the better, the better off, the more rest you get for your players. Getting a half week to a week off for that plan, I think is going to be very important for a player like that who's coming back. Um, I, I, I think, I think his, his timely, you know, uh, return is, is, is huge. And also look what they did without him. So it seems like this is a team, unlike what we, I guess, what we thought about the Clippers, is they can kind of hold their own enough until they get back that that extra firepower. Now that they have them, maybe they're going to be a team that we can talk about in this playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Obviously, they made a huge trade to get to you know send D'Angelo Russell, who is you know probably their third scoring option at the beginning of the season, out um, and ended up with you know with Mike Conley, and they're really going to run with cat and ant uh, and just we'll kind of see what happens with there. They have six games remaining. I would say they have one guaranteed win out of those six with the Spurs. And then they've got Phoenix, the Lakers, Portland feels maybe, so maybe game and a half. I don't know what Brooklyn and the Pelicans. So they've got a tough, tough remaining schedule, but uh, Tyler, we'll throw it back to you as well. Carl Anthony Towns back with uh, a rods Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, it can only help him out. I mean, obviously, this guy, this guy's a is 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 a great talent in in this game. And you're right. I mean, nobody. I mean, no one's really talking about this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and they're they're in, they're not in a they're above a, a a playing spot right now. Um, and there's a good chance with his return that they'll that they'll kind of secure it along with you know the kind of Clippers as we're expecting him to drop a little bit. That that gives uh, Minnesota at least one more spot to kind of rise up in the in in, in those standings. So, um, yeah, I mean, I. It's hard to really say how far this team can go, but um, you know, they, they could be a sneaky dark horse come postseason time, man. I, I think I think being that kind of underdog that no one talks about really works in your favor when it comes to the postseason because you just have nothing to lose, you know. And you and and that mentality is proven in any sport to to work to your ad, ad, advantage. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what they're going to run with. But yeah, I'm excited to see uh, the cat return. Um, I think it's it's been a long time, and you know, like I said, I think he's been he's one of the more um, it, exciting players to watch when he's healthy and 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 he's playing super well so he's he's only going to help aid this Timberwolves squad yeah definitely uh James Carl Anthony Towns back with the Minnesota Timberwolves offensively I love it um we all know Gobert is a offensive liability like he is straight up terrible on the offensive end uh case in point last night against the Kings he had a little post up turn around fade away and he made it, and the Kings bench was in shock because that <laughs> never, ever, ever happens. Like, if you guys haven't seen the clip, go find it. It's hilarious. 
having Carl Anthony Towns back there also as almost a seven footer who has a great offensive skill set. I mean, he can dribble, he can shoot from the elbow, he can shoot the three ball, he can post up. He has a really good after contact package. Like he is offensively pretty much unstoppable. And you, in times where you need to have offense, you just take out or you take out Gobert, put in Carl Anthony Towns at the five. You can even put Nas Reed back at the four because Nas Reed's been insane recently. He's been going like 20 and 10 the last couple of games. And then all of a sudden you have an offensive super team. Ant, Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns. If you want to go def- defense, you put Gobert back in there and you still have a pretty good defensive squad. I think you can't lose with this addition. Honestly, like he may take some touches off of Ant. That's fine. Cool. Rest them so you can eat more hot fries. Like it's it's cool. It is what it is. At the end of the day, I really do think they climb two spots. I think they end up taking the four seed because I think the Suns will fall one. And I definitely think the Clippers are falling into the plan. Okay. I like that. I mean, if you think about it, the Minnesota Timberwolves have the probably the two best number one overall picks in the last 10 years in Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Uh maybe Zion, but he's never healthy. Um, Andrew Ben Simmons is whatever. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Final question, real quick. Out of these two teams we just talked about, the Clippers and the Timberwolves, James, who do you have more faith in winning a playoff series this year? Sorry, Eric, but it's the Timberwolves, man. Tyler, Tyler and Trayden, same question, but Tyler will go to you first. I'm actually going to go Clippers just because I feel like uh, they just got guys that have just been around them and uh, that squad's been engaged a little bit longer, got a little bit more experience there. It's the Clippers, so it's really kind of hard to say that. Um but yeah, I'm 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 gonna go Clippers. Trading. I'm 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 on the Timberwolves side, man. I I just yeah I that that's why I asked. It's a tough question. I think it's the Timberwolves. I just think their youth and you know they're getting healthy at the right time, where the Clippers obviously are not, as we just talked about. But uh, we'll have to see how the seeding all turns out. Um, yeah, again, like Trading mentioned, play in tournament starts two weeks from today. Um, so potentially we'll be talking about it next week, or we'll be leading up to it. But we will see. Trade in. That is all I got for NBA this week. Thank you very much, Alex. Like I said, we're two weeks away from the playing tournament um, where James believes the Clippers will be in. Um, so I, I guess, Alex, I don't know where you stand. And Tyler, I don't know where you stand. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if they uh, are going to be there. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about picks one through 31 of the NBA, of the NFL draft um, with James. Um I did. I was confused about 31. We'll get to that uh, when we come back. I redact what I said. It's 21 through 31. First of all, I did. I thought there were 32 teams in the NFL, so I was confused. Uh, James, explain why there's only 31 picks when there's actually 32 teams in the NFL. Because there's only 31 teams in the NFL trade. There's 32 teams. I'm just kidding. There is 32 teams. Reason being, because the Miami Dolphins got their pick rescinded, or they just lost their pick in the first round because of tampering. Fun fact, wow. don't tamper so you don't lose a pick. Or do tamper if you don't want to draft in the first round and you end up getting busted anyway. Totally up to you, owners and GMs. <laughs> but we're doing picks 21 through 31 today, starting in the back end. We're going to break this up into three different segments because I got a host somewhere in between there. And the draft is April 28th. So it's coming up in about a month. But we're going to start with pick number 31, the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Tyler, who are they drafting? 
I got the Kansas City Chiefs going uh, with Dewan Jones, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Um, got to add more protection for Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I think that they're going to go offensive tackle with this pick. Trade. I too think they're going to go with offensive tackle and Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Uh, they need to protect. Uh, they need to protect Mahomes, and I think they're. You know, I think we have a couple tackles that are on pending free agency, which could cause an issue for them. Alex. Uh, everything Tyler just said, I've also got, uh, Dewan Jones out of Ohio state. Um, yeah, we've talked about it a million times. Got to protect the best quarterback in football. So I went a completely different direction and I said, tight end Luke Musgrave out of Oregon state. Kelsey is another year older and they got to find his replacement. Eventually Musgrave is super, super, super raw. Learn to Kelsey. It'd be good. Um, I forgot to mention one more thing, guys. Winner who gets the most correct gets money from me. And if I win, all the boys will pay me. And I'm so glad we talked about it off air because that's how it's going to work. Signed, sealed, delivered. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to pick number 30, Tyler's second place, a.k.a. first loser, Philadelphia Eagles. Tyler, who are you going with? Thanks for the reminder, James. Uh, for the Eagles in this pick, I'm going to have them going with Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. I think it's a team need. You know, Obviously, that defense last year was pretty solid, but one thing they did struggle on was rush defense. So I think that they're going to fill that need here with this pick trade i think they're actually going to ref the revamp their offensive line and they're going to go after anton harrison uh from oklahoma alex uh i also have them on defense um but i think uh tyler your guy is gonna nolan smith's gonna be picked earlier than that um so i think they're gonna pick safety brian branch out of alabama Wow, I think both the defensive guys get picked earlier than that i got them picking cornerback devon witherspoon out of illinois 41 tackles, four pass breakups. They just lost CJ Gardner-Johnson in free agency, who was a big part of that defense. So you got to replace him a little bit with some defense on this side. Moving on to number 29, the New Orleans Saints. Get number pick number 29 from the San Francisco 49ers through Miami and Denver. So a lot of moving parts there, but it was originally Denver's pick. And then now it's the Saints. Traden, who are they picking at number 29? Yes, uh, you're gonna you're gonna find some help for Chris Olave. Is it Olave or Lay Olave? Olave. Uh, in J- uh, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee, he had 18.9 yards per catch and 15 touchdowns in his breakout junior year, and he's going to be a nice help with Derek Carr. Alex, I have them going on the defense. Keon White out of Georgia Tech. Uh, keep that defense rolling down there in New Orleans. Tyler. Alex, I don't know if you copied me or if I copied you, but I also have Keon White uh, here, uh, defensive lineman at Georgia Tech. I agree. I think they're going to keep adding that defense. Hmm. It's like that La La Land sports chat has still got that chemistry going on. Yeah, something. <laughs> I went defensive line. Brian Brees out of Clemson, 15 tackles, 3.5 sacks in 10 games last season. The New Orleans Saints lost a lot on their defensive line. and David Oyemata, Shai Tuttle, Marcus Davenport, they all somewhere else. The Saints aren't going to be contending, so you might as well start building your line now. Moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals at number 28. Alex, who are they drafting? Yeah, first offensive player uh, of my fake draft that I wish I had known money was involved in. Um, (laughs) Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame, is going to Cincinnati. Just give Joey B more uh, more weapons. Tyler, I'm going to go ahead and wait at 10 bucks. You have the same thing. I do. Uh, Yeah, Michael Mayer. Uh, B- Bengals, you know, they 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 play the Chiefs a lot in the postseason. They got to try and match Travis Kelsey as much as possible. 
obviously not saying, as I know my words get twisted on this podcast all the time, that Michael Myers is not the next Travis Kelsey, but they've got to do something about it. So I think they're going to go tight end here. You heard it here first. Michael Myers is the next Travis Kelsey. According God, to Tyler. Damn it. Trayden, <laughs> uh, who you got? The Bengals. Uh, welcome to sports media, Tyler. Um, for me, um, I don't know what Cincinnati is going to do with Joe Mixon. So um, I, I I, think that Bijan Bijan Robinson out of Texas will be picked because Joe Mixon might not be there, Tyler. Your your boy, your guy that, that won you the fantasy might not be there. Whoa, shots fired. Uh, the fact that you have him going this late in the draft is crazy to me, Traden. Um, I have him drafting an offensive lineman, Anton Harrison, who Traden had said earlier out of Oklahoma. The Cincinnati Bengals brought in Orlando Brown to play left tackle. So Jonah Williams got his feelings all hurt, and now he's like, I want to be traded because I want to play left tackle or not, or I don't want to play at all. So they still need a good right tackle, and that's where you bring in Anton Harrison. For 27, Buffalo Bills. Alex, tell me about your favorite team. Yeah, I love the Buffalo Bills. Um, And you know what they did? They lost a lot on defense. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to draft a linebacker, and it is Darnell. No, please hold. It's Jack Soup Campbell, not the goalie, uh, but he's coming out of Iowa. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, that was not even on my radar at all. I've never heard this guy's name before in my life. That's cool. Tyler, (laughs) who are the Bills drafting? I also picked the linebacker, but it's a different one. All right, they're going to go with Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Uh, I do agree they're going to add some defensive depth with this pick in the draft. Tyler, I uh, hate to say it, but I do agree with you. Drew Sanders, Arkansas, 103 tackles, 9.5 sacks as a linebacker, which is really cool. Jermaine Edmonds left during free agency, so they got to fill that hole. And Sanders is pretty much a one-man wrecking crew who can actually be a situational pass rusher, a.k.a. the 9.5 sacks. Traden, who are they drafting? I think Buff's going to take... BJ Ojulari, defensive end out of LSU. I think they need to fix their pass rushing ability, which it, which was not good after Von Miller went down. <laughs> Number 26, Dallas Cowboys. Tyler, who is America's team drafting? Uh, they are going to go with Luke Musgrave. You had him going a little bit later. I got him going with this pick with the Cowboys. They got to replace uh, Dal- Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's basically Dalton Schultz 2.0. Um, so they're going to go re- get and get their, their new tight end. Hayden. Get Dak some help. Bring in Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah. Enough said. I agree with you, trade in. 890 yards, eight touchdowns because you lost Dalton Schultz. You bring in another Dalton because that makes the most sense in tight end world. Big weapon. He's going to slot in perfectly next to C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. Alex, who were the Cowboys drafting? Yeah, everything you just said. <laughs> Ditto. Copy, paste, send. Number 25, New York football Giants trade, and who are they drafting? They are going to go after a wide receiver in Zay Flower from Boston College. You just need to get better weapons. <laughs> yeah, that makes the most sense there. Alex, who are the Giants drafting? Yeah, I have Zay Flowers going a couple picks ahead of that. So they're not going to pick wide receiver. Also, the Giants, so they make decisions that don't make any sense. Um, so I have them picking Deontay Banks, a quarter cornerback out of Maryland. Tyler. Deontay Banks, quarterback out of Maryland. Uh, I think he's a great athlete, and he uh, fills that team need there. Y'all are just different. <clears throat> I have them picking a wide receiver because you know what? Their wide receivers were either hurt or terrible, a.k.a. Kenny Galladay. Cost you guys $21 million for like two catches. Jalen Hyatt is my pick. Wide receiver out of Tennessee. Almost 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, 18.7 yards per catch. 
He's extremely fast, takes the top off the defense, and with that, you can probably get some more running lanes for Saquon Barkley. Number 24, Jacksonville Jaguars. Tyler, what are you drafting? I got Darnell, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Uh, similar to what the Chiefs have to do to protect Mahomes, um, uh, Jacksonville's got to do that to protect protect Lawrence. Um, kind of kind of shore up that long term plan there uh, on the offensive tackle side. I agree once again, Tyler, and I'm hoping Alex doesn't agree too. But the Jags shored up the offensive line by adding Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson moves to left tackle, leaves an opening in right tackle, aka Darnell Wright. Alex, was it the same or different? It was different. I went the other side of the line. Uh, I have them drafting Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Love that. And then trading. I have offensive tackle Osiris Torrance from Florida. So he's just going down the freeway. Yeah, that makes it easy. Number 23, Minnesota Vikings. Trading, I'm sending it back to you. Who are they picking? Um, I have I have here defensive uh, tackle Brian Bre- Bressy from Clemson. Bressy, Bressy. <laughs> there we go yep both both things are correct if you're weird uh alex who are they drafting yeah uh they are going to draft jordan addison wide receiver out of ufc adam thielen is gone they need another wide receiver so they're going for jordan addison university of southern california <laughs> and then tyler trey and you uh, you and i agree on this one um also got brian brisset or however the hell you say his name uh, defensive lineman out of Clemson. Uh, I think they, they, I heard that the Vikings got a lot of defensive linemen that are going to be free just pretty soon. So uh, they got to think about the future there on the, on the defensive line. I went defense as well, but I went in the secondary Brian branch safety slash cornerback out of Alabama. Bro had 90 tackles, two interceptions and seven pass breakups. Crazy. The secondary for the Vikings has been, has been kind of in flux, you know, Patrick Peterson's in and out Harrison Smith's kind of good, kind of not good. Depends. But at bringing Brian Branch, who's versatile, can play anywhere on that secondary, which is great. Number 22, Baltimore Ravens. Alex, who's who are they drafting? The Baltimore Ravens are drafting a wide receiver finally because that's what they've needed to do for like the last three years. This is where Zay Flowers gets drafted from Bast in college. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I also got a receiver, but I'm going to go with uh, uh, Quentin Johnson from TCU. Obviously, it's assuming that Baltimore can figure out their whole uh, deal with uh, Lamar Jackson. Hopefully that gets settled. And if it does, they're going to need a wide receiver. So, uh, But I got Quentin Johnson. I agree with Tyler again, unfortunately. Six or 1,069 yards, six touchdowns. And this, again, is operating on the fact that Lamar Jackson is staying. And yes, Alex, they do need to draft a wide receiver. This guy's explosive, rare combination of size, speed, run after catch, moves really fast for his size. I think he's like 6'3", 6'4", maybe 6'5". I don't know. There's a lot of difference there, but he's tall. <laughs> uh, Trayden, who are they drafting? Yeah, for me, um, they're not going to go after wide receiver. Uh, th- they have cornerbacks that are on that are uh, becoming free agents, so they're going to go after Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. <laughs> Last but not least. Number 21, Los Angeles Chargers trade in this year team. So it's throwing it back to you, man. Who are they drafting? They're going to take uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver at USC. He might look real good um, in, a, in a Chargers uniform. Hmm. Alex. All right, all right, all right. Bijan Robinson out of UT going to the Chargers because Austin Adler is going somewhere else. Which is very sad for all Chargers fans. Tyler. 
Damn it, I've stole my thunder. Yeah, Austin Eckler is probably not going to stick around, so they're going to need a new running back, and it's Bijan Robinson running back from Texas. How many of you guys matched on? Like six? I think a lot of people are agreeing with me, which is probably good, which probably means I'm going to get the money. Yeah, okay, that's weird. I say Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College, whatever Alex said earlier. Uh, I think he's the perfect complement to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He's kind of like a Brandon Cooks type dude. He's like 5'9", but he operates out of the slot and is super fast. I think that'd be the perfect complement. So you can attack on all three levels on wide receivers. It's cool. And that wraps up picks 21 through 31, even though there's 32 teams in the NFL because the Miami Dolphins messed up. And I hope you guys listened to the end. You liked it and I hope we're right. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much, James. Um, I assume you're gonna go through eleven through twenty next time. Yeah, sounds good to me. Twenty. Um, and you know we look forward to that. Um, that is it for the podcast. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us through episode one forty two. Um, we had some laughs. We had some contentious talks about the Mavericks and the and the Warriors. I mean, that was funny. I I, I kind of <laughs> I, I this whole thing. I was kind of upset that you guys were like agreeing too much. Can we go back? to that where you guys were just fighting because that just, that's what this podcast just is about. how james and i talk about basketball and it'll be constant argument honestly yeah it's hardly ever a game basketball yeah it's very that, rare. that's true actually for the past few weeks though you guys have been kind of like on the same wavelength and then this one just just <laughs> turned so i'm glad we're back to normal um positivity that's what we needed um uh, and uh and we all appreciate it um, we all hope you have a great week please please check in with, with your mlb team on thursday um and and watch as much baseball as you can this summer um uh, please watch the rest of your M- M- nba and emma emma uh, i'm sorry nhl seasons Jeez, i can't even talk today um as they build towards the playoffs and um check out the draft i don't know when the draft is james did you say april 28th april 28th um a month from today so uh i mean we'll 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 be talking way more about that later but um stay tuned we love you all thank you and have a great week